if I want to pull over and grab a bite to eat or go to the restroom or pull over for the night, I don't have to get out as a single female, just walk around and kind of announce, hey, I'm here by myself. So it's really nice to be able to just stop, put the curtain up, duck into the back, and no one knows who's inside. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is episode 242 with Renee Sievers. My guest, Renee Sievers, has done, I think, 13 tiny house festivals to date. She is the creator of Tiny Fest Midwest, Tiny Fest California, and recently Tiny Fest Southwest in Phoenix, Arizona. In this interview, I ask Renee about her personal tiny house journey, uh, why she switched from a tiny house on wheels to a tiny bus after four and a half years of living tiny, and all about what it's like running the festivals and and kind of what you can expect at, at one of Renee's tiny fests. It's a really nice conversation. I learned a lot and uh, I think you should meet Renee because she is a good person to, to know in this, in this tiny house world. I hope you stick around. All right. But first, I wanted to let you know that registration for my interactive eight-week tiny house course called Tiny House Considerations is now open. This is like if you want to build a tiny house or buy a tiny house in 2023 and you want the most attention from me that you possibly can get, um, this would be the course. It's a small group setting. My co-instructor is Lina Menard, a multiple-time podcast guest and just a really talented builder and designer. And we take a group of about six or seven or eight of you through the Tiny House Decisions framework and help you plan all of the systems, all of the building methods of your tiny house. It's, it's quite an experience, and it will really help you get your tiny house off on the best foot possible. Um, registration is open now. There's a $100 early bird discount that's happening uh, if you register before the end of the year, so before January 1st. And you can learn more over at thetinyhouse.net slash THC. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash THC. I know what you're thinking, but that stands for Tiny House Considerations. Uh, so check out thetinyhouse.net slash THC, and I hope to see you in class. Here with Tiny Fest founder and CEO Renee Sievers. Uh, Renee went tiny in 2015 after swapping her 3,300 square foot house in Iowa to an 87 square foot tiny home on wheels. Inspired by her experience, Renee started Tiny Fest Midwest in her home state before relocating and adding events in the Northwest, Southwest, California, and Texas. For Renee, the idea of going tiny is more than just buying and moving into a movable home. It's about sustainability, autonomy, flexibility, and freedom, financial freedom, freedom of mobility, and freedom from stuff and stress. And it's about having fun. Renee Sievers, welcome to the show. Hi, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. 
Um, so let let's start with your your tiny story before we we go to the the festivals. What was the what was the motivation behind your transition to to living tiny? Uh, so hard to say because I don't have this one defining moment of uh, or one defining thing. But I think I was really taking control of my life and finding something that worked for me. And I had traveled a lot and moved a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. I had just gone in, at that time in 2015. My my youngest graduated from high school and went on to college. And mm-hmm. my boyfriend at the time just often left one day when I was at work. So it was kind of a life changing time and a period of time. And it just became a time that was like, okay, time yep. to do what I want, you know? And these tiny houses had been on my radar. And I said, yeah, this is what I want. This is something that I can mold into a, a way of life that works for me. Nice. Was there, um, was there a particular tiny house or a person that you were following at the time that you were like really motivated by or that you were really kind of moved by? Yeah. As someone, you know, actually, well, first of all, I was watching tiny house giant journey. Uh, saw some of those videos uh-huh. and then Lena, Lena Menard, I loved her lucky penny awesome. and had been watching her show to see the different tiny homes that uh, she had been touring. Uh-huh. And so in 2015, I believe, or 2016, I can't remember, I think it must have been 2015, I went to Oregon uh-huh. and I did what I called the tiny house trifecta. So I took a, um, I went to the live large, build small conference. I took a workshop from, uh-huh. oh, uh, oh shoot, I'm drawing a blank and it's terrible because she's the pioneer. Dee Williams. Sorry, Dee. Uh, to give workshop from yeah, yeah. yeah to good workshop okay. from D Williams, and then I stayed the night at the uh, tiny house hotel, the Gypsy Caravan Hotel there, and so I just kind yep. of dove in, yep. and that really helped me being able to see things in person and meet people, and I actually did get to go to um, Lena's tiny house and visit her that that trip, and nice, it was just really nice to be able to see things in person. That made a big difference to me, and so. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so drawn to hosting Tiny Fest is that people are able to experience it in real life and that can really help Mm -hmm. you shape your, your, your uh, path. Got it. So did you, did you build or buy? I bought one. I did. Your house. Okay. And I know people, I'm, I'm very proud of people that, that have no building experience and can, can build a beautiful thing. But I know myself and I know it would have been years upon years and it probably would have looked like an eighth grade shop project. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, it, I knew that the first time I would try it, it wouldn't be the best. And so yeah, I did, I did buy one. It was a homemade one and uh, nothing fancy. It was $10,000. Very small. And, uh, you know, you get what you pay for. So I learned a lot. I learned how to fix things. So that was good, I guess. <laughs> but uh, it was home. It was cozy. And I had it for four and a half years. After that, um, four and a half years in the tiny home, I, I uh, had the bus built. Okay. So after four and a half years, you decided to go from, from a tiny house to a bus. Um, can you talk about that decision and, and why you decided to make the change? 
yeah, the, the bus was more mobile, really. It was a nice change. The tiny house that I bought, like I said, was um, uh, not professionally built, <laughs> put it that way. And so it did need several repairs, but okay, it just was easier to get around in the bus and I could design a home the way I wanted. First one I bought was already designed and finished and ready to go. I didn't really have any say in, in what went where. And after living four and a half years in there, I understood very well how I use space, what I needed more of, what I needed mm-hmm. less of. And so I was able to de- design something that worked really well for me. Got it. So actually, can I just ask, like, what kind what kind of repairs did the tiny house need? I'm always curious to hear about, like, what what maintenance issues people are running into. Sure. Yeah. The um, the gentleman that made it, he did not quite understand Iowa winters. So I had pipes that burst. Ah. The solar wasn't strong enough. Uh, mm-hmm. The axle. Oh, here we go. This is the big one. The axle was okay. not strong enough for the weight that he built on it. Mm. And so at one point I drove out to the tiny house jamboree in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And when I was driving back, my wheel came off while I was going down the highway. It actually sheared the lug nut. Oh my gosh. And the whole wheel came off and it was a very, very dangerous situation. Luckily, no one was hurt. The damage was very minimal, but it was a big eye opener for um for me and you know, I always pass along to people that I know. It's it, it's really good to have a professional build a tiny house, drive a tiny house. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least get that uh, professional kind of seal of approval on what you're doing. If you're doing it on your own, it's not a thing you kind of want to throw together as an experiment and then on the road with the safety of other people and yourself at, at risk. Wow. That's terrifying. It was. was. Were you able to, to get the house like pulled over to the side of the road? Yes, yes. I thought I had a flat tire. And luckily it was on okay. the um, passenger side. So as I was driving over to the side of the road, the pressure of me going that direction kept the wheel spinning around in the wheel well. Wow. So it kind of kept me going until, until that momentum stopped and then it just shot out down the road. It was crazy. But um, Wow. Everything aligned that day by miracle chance. Somebody pulled up right behind me. They had all the tools to wedge it off the ground because you really couldn't get uh-huh. a jack under there very well. Right. Had the tools to change the tire because I had a spare. In the lug nuts, like I said, the lug nuts were sheared, mm-hmm. but he happened to have bolts in his rig that were big, huge bolts that fit enough because I was only a mile from the exit and from a um, tire shop. So I just had oh my to, gosh, that's... Basically, yeah, it, if you're going to have a catastrophe, that one couldn't have worked out better, you know, but it was a Very single fortuitous. axle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I couldn't have gotten any luckier okay. with oh, my single axle, single axle. So, um, never again, you know, do I, do I trust a single axle? So what I did was I ended up having, I parked the tiny house and did not move it, you know, lived in it on on my parents' land. And so I ended up cutting off the axle, having it piggybacked onto a dual axle trailer. And so I had, you know, interesting. Yeah. It was the, it was the the only way I could comfortably solve it. I mean, people said, Oh, put a stronger axle under there, but still I was so worried about single axle 
you know, even if the axle were shrunk at a flat tire, it could really be dangerous. So, yeah. Yeah. So I had this odd looking, you know, tall, uh, tiny house. Luckily it was short to begin with, so I could piggyback it on and still not have it be too tall. But yeah, it was, was a lot of learning experience and that helped. So when I was in the bus, um, I was really, you know, like I said, I knew what I wanted. I knew what I needed. Yep. And I knew the safety features to really look out for as well. So being a right. small bus, yeah, it's so, easier so to tell repair. Me, yeah. Tell me more about the bus. I said, so it's a little five window bus with an emergency exit on the side. Well, sorry, the emergency exit's on the uh-huh. back, so a big door on the back and then a big door on the side because it had had a wheelchair lift. And so really there's a lot of um, fresh air coming in, a lot of ability to open up to nature, mm-hmm. lots of windows and kept as many as I could, just uh, blocked out, I think, two two or three windows on the on the entire thing. So it's very open and airy. That's nice. A shorter bus is easier to repair. Mm-hmm. It's basically, it's a van chassis. Okay. And so I can go to any mechanic and if they're a little weary, which I get that like, oh, we don't, you know, we don't do buses. Nope. It's a, it's a Chevy Express. It's a bus. I mean, a van, it's a van. It has all the components of mechanical components of a Chevy van. So it just has a bus body on the back. So that was nice. It's easy to maneuver. It feels very safe. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm driving, I don't, when I stop, I want to pull over and grab a bite to eat or go to the restroom or pull over for the night. I don't have to get out mm-hmm. of the vehicle, walk around, you know, as a single oh. female, just walk around and kind of announce, Hey, I'm here by myself. So it's really nice to be able to just right. stop, put the curtain up, duck into the back and no one knows who's inside. Very cool. And so is it, is the bus winterized for, for Iowa winters or are you kind of chasing the warmer winters? Well, it's, um, it does. Okay. It is not, it's not something I would want to live in, in Iowa in the winter. But when I built it, I also knew I wouldn't be spending a lot of, a lot of time there. So, um, in the, in the winter I'll go and visit, you know, family is there and lots of wonderful friends. So I do go back to Iowa a lot, Mm -hmm. but I choose the time of year that I go. And if it's really freezing cold, I can stay with family, (laughs) but otherwise I do like to stay in my home. And so yeah, it, yeah. It, it's interesting when you travel in a bus or a van, you know, folks um, that you meet are always saying, oh, you can come inside and, and um, you know, stay in the guest bedroom. And I'm thinking, very nice offer. Thank you so much. But I have my home right here, like my pillows and my blankets. And, and I'm, yeah. why would you leave your home to go to someone else's guest bedroom, you know? So yeah, it has all the comforts and of a house to me. And it feels very, very comfortable. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's fun. When you go to visit, you've got the most comfortable bed you possibly could have your, your own. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, we, we've talked about, about your two different tiny houses and, and your kind of journey at, at what point during that, um, you know, your four and a half years in the, in the tiny house on wheels and then into the bus, you know, at what point did you start thinking like that you wanted to start creating tiny house events? Oh, very, very early on, actually, because um, Mm -hmm. as I mentioned, I was so impacted by the trip I took to 
to Oregon, I saw the tiny houses in person for the first time and knew right away, Ooh, uh-huh. I do not want to try and pull something that tall. I want to travel and those are not meant for driving down the road every day. Right. There are people that have done it and the uh, beautiful exposure on, on YouTube to, pe- to people mm-hmm. like me to be able to, you know, get it, get inducted into the idea. Yeah. But it didn't feel practical for me. So I also went to the tiny house jamboree and a couple of the um, events that uh, United Tiny Homes puts on. And I just thought, you know, we need this in the Midwest. People don't understand the concept as well there. And um, the trend really hadn't hit there yet. So, so we need, we need this. I want to show people that there's a different option. And so I held tiny fest Midwest in the fall of 2017 and uh, had that near Des Moines, Iowa. Had Jay Schaefer come, you know, he's from Iowa, okay. he's from Ames, actually, the same town that I'm from, yeah. though we didn't know that until a while Amazing. after we met. Yeah, yeah, so we flew him out from California, and, and he was our keynote speaker at the first event, so that was fabulous to, to have him there, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting that people kept coming to the event and saying, I felt like I was the only one, you know, I they don't... I, I don't know anybody else that's interested in this. I don't know anyone else that's living this lifestyle. I, I felt kind of like a fish out of water. Like I was the only one in Iowa and here I am surrounded by yeah. others. And so I felt the same way. So it was yeah. really great to see other people doing it and kind of be surrounded by like-minded souls. And it just made such a positive impact on people. I, I decided to just keep doing it and um, keep exposing people, giving them the chance to, to see a different option in, for their life and a chance to feel you know, comfortable and accepted for their ideas, which may be you know, outside of the norm. So it was, it was just kind of a, a thing of passion. And it was, it was fun and exciting. I'd never been an event organizer before. I didn't even throw you know, dinner parties, right? It was, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm the one that's famous for showing up with a bag of chips. <laughs> so, <laughs> well. That's impressive. I um I would say the biggest event that I ever planned uh, offline. I've done plenty of online events. Uh was like was my wedding. Um my wife and I actually got married at our tiny house on the property that we were renting and you know we had to bring in everything, generators, the tent, the lights, everything. Um and I was like I had so much respect. I have so much respect for people who plan live events. Um so kudos to you for for kind of continuing how how many so you 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 started with tiny fest midwest and you've done that every year right well i've done four of them um what i found is that it's really great to do it in the midwest and expose people and i I love being there it's very hard to find builders to bring their their show models Mm. and there's just not as strong of a need okay i had gone out to california where Jay was living and in that area that he was in and they hosted an event out in San Jose. And I saw for the, for the first time mm-hmm. my, myself, cause I went and moved out there for a while, you know, just towed my tiny house. That's one of the, one of the perks. Yeah. The really the strong need for optional uh, housing for attainable housing. And so that really spurred yeah. me. Then I, I realized that I only have so much time, you know, I can only do so many events a year. So, doing the events in the the bigger cities where there was a stronger need and stronger interest and more builders that were trying to get their business started. It it made sense. So I haven't done Mm -hmm. the Midwest event since fall of 2020. 
Mm-hmm. Now it's a uh, Cal- California is a big event, San Diego, and I just had Phoenix. Nice. And so you've got you've got kind of the West and Southwest covered. Yeah, pretty much over here on the on the West and the Southwest end. Now I'm up in Oregon. I've done a couple events up here in Oregon in the past, and uh, you know several California uh-huh. events. So I'm on, I think I'm on event thirteen or fourteen. Wow. Wow. And I, I have a fabulous crew, mostly from Iowa that flies out and they, they put it together. Oh my gosh. And a, and a team that works with me. Actually, I have one or two people that work with me year round and then a great team that comes to the events and they're just amazing. That's amazing. I couldn't do it without them. I'm sure you found that with your wedding. There's so many details and so many pieces to pull together. You really have to have good people around you. Just blessed that way. So many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At at the tiny fests, what's the kind of balance? I don't know if balance is the right word, but but I'm guessing like there are lots of tiny houses that people can come and see. Both you know, like kind of builder models, and also people are bringing their their tiny homes, their vans, their 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 buses. And then is there is there like a speaking and a teaching component? Like, can people come and listen to talks as well? Oh, absolutely. That's a big um, component for us to be able to provide that information. It's good to have inspiration, but having the information is uh, is key for people that are, you know, working toward their tiny yeah. living dreams. So we have two stages and each one has a new presentation each hour. And several of them on the community stage, we call it our panel discussion, uh-huh. discussions, pardon me, panel discussions, which are really helpful to people. Nice. Very, very helpful that they can ask questions, get several different perspectives. And so we try to cover a variety of topics so that people have that that kind of inspiration, that kind of I can do this feeling, but also have some key information to help them get started. So legalizing tiny homes, you know, what to look for when you're buying mm-hmm. them, how to figure out where you can, you know, put them, and then build topics as far as, you know, the components and where to get help and kind of what you need to know. I mean, it just goes on and on. I feel like we could have weeks worth of presentations and still barely, you know, scratch the surface because there's so much there Yeah, with tiny homes and nomad living. There's so much there that, uh, you know, that that you could talk about the backyard units, the tiny house communities, the the benefit to someone as an individual, you know, what it can do for them financially and just freeing up their life from all the the stuff around them, freeing up some of their time because they don't have the huge expenses and, and what that does for them in their their life and their their health and their happiness. Yeah. The list just goes on and on. So the Absolutely. the other thing we try to encourage people is to make connections at the event. You know, we do have all the speakers, the panel discussions. The builders are there. They're great. Mm-hmm. They're full of wonderful information. But also the nomads, we call it the nomad village, where folks are just coming to open up their yeah. home. And it's most often a van or a schoolie or a box truck, you know, ambulance, all that we get a, quite a variety. Because a lot of people aren't, like I said, aren't towing the tiny houses all over the country all the time. But they have such a wealth of knowledge and they're just there to help. They just want to help people, you know, yeah. avoid mistakes and have the uh, support and the encouragement to know they can do it if they if it's something they want and help them find a path. They're they're fabulous yeah. individuals and then you can always, you know, follow up with them later and and just try and glean as much as you can. 
from the event and connect with people that whenever I've I've attended any tiny festivals, I've always enjoyed connecting with the people, you know, the nomads, the people who are there and hanging out. That's been my favorite favorite part of it is just like getting to meet meet them and and kind of hang with them. I'm usually there as a speaker, so it's kind of fun. I get to, you know, you get to hang out after hours and and everyone is there. And they and the festivals seem like they become like a place where people who are living on the road can kind of meet back up and and reconnect and make new new friends and connections. Absolutely. Absolutely. They do. They love to to come together and see each other. Sometimes they just see each other at Tiny Fest and uh Sometimes I'll gather a little uh-huh. bit afterward and, and do some things together and then kind of go their own way. And it's, it's a great way to have community, which is what so many people are yeah. seeking right now. You know, whether they're in the road or in mm-hmm. wanting a tiny home, we hear that word community a lot. Yeah. And this community, uh, just to back up a touch, I always tell people, even if they're not living in the same type of home that you are considering, they have so much real life practical experience and, you know, about living small and what to expect, whether you're on the road or not. Mm-hmm. And when you're on the road, they, they have just even that much more information. It's amazing the stuff you can learn, just hanging out and talking and, and, you know, just having a nice conversation can really start yeah. different ideas and different avenues to, um, to keep continue learning from. Yeah. So you just came off of of the Arizona Fest Tiny Fest, which was December third and fourth. Um, how did how did it go? <laughs> Tiny Fest Southwest was held, like you said, in Arizona, in Phoenix, basically desert climate. And go figure, we yeah. had the rainiest day in Phoenix history since 1908. <laughs> so, oh no, a lot of people stayed home. And uh, so it was a fabulous uh-huh. event, great builders, all kinds of variety, a lot of van conversion yep. specialists, yep. fabulous nomads. We had quite a variety of people there. I like to make sure that when someone comes to an event, they can, they can see someone, they can see themselves in someone else, you know? So we try to have different, different mm-hmm. age groups, families, single people, you know, different races and ethnic backgrounds, just all kinds of different situations in life. So that if you go, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that there's someone that's like me, you know, they're, they're a single, um, single woman that kids have grown up and I can see myself doing this. They're doing it, you know? Yeah. And so we try to make sure that that, that that's covered. And so we had a great event, just not as many people came out because of the strongly because of the weather because of the weather yeah, yeah. when it rains in That's arizona they stay home <laughs> <laughs> so, but the diehards came out and they had a great time because they didn't uh the folks that are really really interested you know they're like i'm not letting anything stop me this is my dream i'm going right. for it and they didn't have any lines to contend with you know as so a lot of times you'll get a line of people waiting to see the tiny house so they got to uh, really yep. get a, a lot in 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 the time that they were there so that was fabulous Yeah. I'll bet. And, and then um, um, what's oh, what's ahead. next for you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's okay. That's perfect because I was going to say, I mentioned, you know, that I got started tiny um, when my, my daughter 
youngest one went to college and I was, you know, by myself. And I just kind of mentioned that again, but I'm actually not single anymore. I just got married last month. And, uh, oh, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So it's been, uh, been a long time coming and I'm, I met the most fabulous man who builds tiny off grid cabins. <laughs> and so that, uh, ah. that was a match, you know, a match made in heaven there. So we actually bought uh, property in Oregon. And so the bus uh, for the last, you know, several months has been pretty still except, except for the trips to tiny fest. And it's fabulous to have yep. it. We, we live in the bus on the property and mm -hmm. that works out really well. We can take small trips and big ones, but we're a little bit focused on, on the property at the moment, you know, which is a, a great thing with tiny houses and, you know, homes that you can move around is they can adapt to what you're doing at the time, you know, whether it's being your family in Iowa, yeah. um, which I've had times of that and being your family in Oregon and, and being at the events. And so now we're able to really focus on the property and, you know, building up what we want to do here and just figuring that out. As a matter of fact, like, I'm not really sure yet what all yeah. is going to happen here, but it's a great 160 acre space. And we just keep saying it's perfect for people with tiny houses and vans to come and stay. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. What, what part of the state are you in? Uh, so we're in Roseburg, which is about halfway between um, Eugene and Ashland. So about a third of the way up the state, right off of I-5, just 20 uh -huh. minutes or so off of I-5. Okay. And so, yeah, awesome. it's temperate weather. The bus is fine in the winter. It's, it's insulated enough for that. And so really enjoying that, that opportunity. We, we take it to Tiny Fest, like I said, and uh, a few small trips in between. And right now it's, it's serving as our off-grid home. Nice. Very cool. And, and so in terms of, of your next festival, what, what's coming up? Yeah, Tiny Fest California is coming up um, middle of March down in San Diego. It'll be our fourth year there. And it's always a, a big event. Wow. And so many people there that are looking for alternative housing, whether that be backyard units or van conversions. A lot of buses are, you know, of course, are getting uh, bigger and bigger and a uh, bigger and bigger deal yeah. and sometimes yeah. bigger and bigger buses. So. There's just so much variety there in San Diego that it's nice to hit the variety of needs that people have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that it's, there's no better way to really get a sense for which flavor of tiny living might be right for you. And also to just see lots of different designs, lots of different kind of takes on the concept. Yeah, you really do get that kind of feeling like you're Goldilocks. You know, you do, you go into one and you think, oh, it's maybe a little too small. And try another one, and oh, this this yeah suddenly seems big. You know, because we'll have uh, tiny homes that are park model, 400 square feet. We've even had a couple of ADUs there yep. that are 600, 800 square feet. Just it really gives you that perspective when you can go from yep. 60. You know, vans are usually 60 to to four or 600. And see kind of everything in between. You go, mm -hmm. oh yeah, this is this is good. And then you start asking the folks there, what's the plus and minus of this size? You know, what's what's the drawback to having? Like for for me, yeah. a lot of people say, you know, why not a bigger bus? And they're like, oh, that's you have trouble parking. You have to go to a fleet mechanic. Um, it's not as easy to drive. Mm -hmm. But you know, but what do you give up? Mm -hmm. Well, you give up this space and. You can really get those kind of pros and cons to almost any type of home there. Yeah. And and 
because you're getting so many different perspectives and you're you're feeling it for yourself those different perspectives as well when you walk inside yeah are you uh are you scouting any any new locations potentially the northeast we need we need a fest up here I am not, <laughs> I'm not, you know, it's uh, like I said, it's hard. I only have so much time. I have a little tiny team and you know, we feel like, Oh man, if we could do a tiny house festival every month, that would be, it would be great for everyone else, but it would be you yeah. know awful for us. Cause it is a lot of work and be a lot of for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish there were yeah. more people out there that, um, that wanted to do tiny house festivals. And if they did, I'd certainly, you know, be willing to offer any help that I can. I've done that for a couple of folks yeah. that were doing events, you know, in their, in their area. I just can't do it all myself. And I know you used to have a couple of fabulous ones. Of course, the big mass up there. Yep. With, uh, big mass. Miranda. Yeah. Yep. And, and tiny, fest, tiny house fest, Vermont. Yeah. yeah. Vermont. Yeah. And so I'm not sure if those are, those are still going, but I just had somebody ask me the other day if I would, you know, consider doing a, a festival up there kind of sticking with the with the west coast um since i'm here mostly and and the the event in california is just such a good strong one might go ahead and try phoenix again next year and assume that you know you're not going to have the 100 year rains two years in a row (laughs) so yeah see um, if you can get that classic arizona wall-to-wall blue sky yeah yeah it was um (laughs) it was there before and after just not during (laughs) just not that weekend so yeah. 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 The, um, Phoenix is just growing so, so quickly and they're able to, to, you know, yeah. spread out. They've got that urban sprawl down good, but I think that, um, they're really going to be needing some fill in, you know, infill options like the ADUs and the tiny homes are going to be something that yeah, is going to be a strong need for them very, very soon. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, Thanks for doing what you're doing. I mean, it's 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 the kind of thing that as you you've just said, it's it's really hard work and we need more people doing it. Um, but I'm glad that you're one of them. So thanks for for all your work doing these. You bet. It's kind of a it's kind of a labor of love. It's it's exciting and yeah. And it, and it's rewarding, so rewarding in so many different ways. Yeah. And every now and then I think about giving it up and then I go, Oh, I can't, you know, we do a gratitude circle on Saturday night, the nomads, mm-hmm. um, before we, we have a potluck nice. the ones that are brought their homes and everyone says what they're grateful for. And it's just hard to think about, mm-hmm. Oh man, they'd have one less thing to be grateful for. You know, they, they'd have one less Aww. friend or several less friends that they know on the road because they didn't meet them yeah. at the tiny fest. And so it's just, it's hard to give it up, but, um, you know, we could just, keep plugging along a couple of year and, and, uh, find that good balance in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good advice. Well, one thing that I like to ask all my guests is, um, what are two or three resources? They could be books, they could be people, websites, really anything kind of open-ended, just things that have inspired you that you'd like to share with our listeners. Yeah. I think for me, it's been the ability to connect with people in, in person. And so there's lots of mm-hmm. fabulous information online and sometimes it can be overwhelming. Um, some people sift through it very well. 
and, and others don't. <laughs> so I know your conference is, is fabulous and that's, that's so much great information that, that people can tap into. I really feel like meeting people in person adds a, a well-rounded balance to the educational offerings and the, and yeah. the ability to kind of get some yeah. specific help. So anytime that there's any event nearby, it doesn't have to be a big, huge, you know, tiny fest. It can mm-hmm. be small gatherings or create one, you know, it just create a gathering of people that, that want to build a tiny house and see what you can learn from each other and who, you know, who you can attract. But there are a lot of different events out there and you can find them on a variety of websites. I know um, Tiny House Expedition has a really comprehensive list of, of events on their website. Yeah as do so many others. And so I, I guess that's, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I think there's a lot of different human connections to be, to be made, but I really feel like there's a lot of value in that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, Renee Sievers, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. This was great. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. You know, we met at a tiny house festival so many years ago ourselves and it just, you're on the East coast. I'm on the West and we haven't really, crossed paths in so long and I'm really enjoying watching what you're doing online and all the great value you're providing. So it's been an honor to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much to Renee Sievers for being a guest on the show today. You can find the show notes, including a complete transcript, lots of great photos from past tiny fests and more over at thetinyhouse.net slash 242. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 242. Also, I hope you will consider learning more about Tiny House Considerations. That is my small interactive group course where I will personally help you plan your tiny house uh, for 2023 and beyond. Um, It follows the Tiny House Decisions Framework. So that, uh, that book, the resource that I created, Tiny House Decisions, kind of serves as the textbook for the class. But we go really deep. And we have the support of the amazing Lina Menard as my co-instructor. So you can learn more about Tiny House Considerations over at thetinyhouse.net slash THC. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash THC. And that stands for Tiny House Considerations. Well, uh, that will be all for this week. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman. And I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.